You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Oh, we are coming back at you guys today. This is our first episode since the season started. So we're excited to be here and finally talk about some regular season Kings basketball. Uh, we we're coming off of two back-to-back episodes. Uh, it's the Kings Cast King Season Preview Part One and Part Two. We dropped those right before the season, so if you didn't get a chance to check out our preseason predictions and everything going on in Kingsland going into the season, check that out. You can find our entire show catalog streaming wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good, bro? Hey, what's going on? We have officially started the 2020-2021 season. Uh, the Kings got off to a cool start, best start since I was like in, oh shit, 2003, since I was 10 years old. All right, so hey, you know, positivity around here. Very good week, man. It's just nice to, you know, every single night come home, turn on the TV and there's basketball on. That's the great thing about basketball is there's basketball on every single day of the week. It's not like the NFL, which I love dearly, but unfortunately the NFL is Sunday, Monday, Thursday, uh, basketball is every single day, dude. It's exciting. Um, you know, in the league, there's a lot of young teams out there that are, are just really fun to watch, man. So I tune in every night, man, but I'm excited for Sacramento and I'm excited to be here as usual. So let's get it going. Yeah, 2002, last time, one of, they're 2-1, and one, so we're recording this, this podcast the night of December 28th, so no game, a uh, game last night, so 2-1, and one, we'll talk about those games, so, but they were 2-0 they were oh to start off the season, Ryan, you said the last time that the Kings were 2-0, and oh, you were 10, so the last time the Kings were 2-0, and oh, you weren't even getting boners yet, dude, you weren't even able to get a boner last time kids, Kings oh, were 2-0. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pre pubescent, man. That's how long ago it was. Yeah, dude. Yeah, last time the last time the Kings started two and zero. Yeah, I was like in science camp, dude. So yeah, that's a <laughs> no boners or just figuring yeah, it no out. Boners. Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, a lot of people getting boners about the season though, which is it's good, man. It's good to see them come out and start. But you were talking about, uh, you were talking about just like all young teams, a lot of teams, and and yeah, dude. I'm so excited about this about this season. Just obviously for the Kings, we always are, but I'm excited about this season for the NBA. Uh, I, I, I like a lot of teams, especially on the East. There's a lot of good watches. One, I was doing my workout today. So I, at my house, you know, I have a setup and I have a mounted TV. And what I do is I stream, I stream on the TV, do my workouts. And what I've been doing is on YouTube. They, do you ever check these out? They have the, like these 10 minute game recaps. And so I'm able to, to knock out all these game highlight recaps in 10 minutes 
and I'm seeing a lot of games which you know I wouldn't usually watch too much. I'd see a couple highlights. What are some of the teams you've been watching? Because one for me, you know, I, I I've really been watching the Hornets. I like watching the Hornets. That's a cool. They're a cool team right now. Pretty athletic. Tarot's ears tearing it up. Any teams you've been watching or having your eye on as the season's opening up? Cleveland. Cleveland. I I have been watching Cleveland, dude. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Um, you know, they got Andre Drummond, who I'm a huge fan of. Kevin Love, huge fan. Uh, so it's just a cool roster, man. It's a cool young roster. Um, you know, they're like 3-0. and They're fun to watch. Um, in the East, you know, the East isn't very deep. Maybe Cleveland can sneak in for the first time without LeBron in like a 1,000 years. I don't know. They're, that's a fun team to watch, dude. I like the Hornets, but for me, man, the Hornets kind of just – it's a hell of hype, dude. Hell of hype. Everyone's hyping up LaMelo and, uh, you know, they're, they're whatever. But another team – shoot, man. Uh, oh, Washington. I've watched all of Washington's games so far just because, you know, I, I love to watch Russell Westbrook. Dude, if, if people – if you don't like Russell Westbrook, if you don't like watching him play basketball, then you're not really a fan of, of basketball because the guy plays hella hard. Uh, night in and night out dude he's so fast so exciting you know you might not like his game he might shoot terribly but exciting guy to watch dude so I always tune in for those games a uh, reason I dropped the Hornets though I mean that we're gonna see here and do we'll get to King's talk and we'll freaking you know but the Hornets are cool obviously LaMelo Ball is really intriguing just to see what he's gonna do and what he looks like but they have hella wings dude that team is that team is weird they got they got cool guards and they just have a shit ton of wings so that's been a fun a fun team for me to watch, but like our preseason predictions, Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn's looked cool. They took an L though. Do you see that to the Memphis Grizzlies tonight? That's uh, ooh. <laughs> you know, did? yeah. It's Brooklyn is Brooklyn. Brooklyn's two and two then, right? Yeah. They took, they took an L, but I mean, yeah, still, you know, you know, you know, nobody's going to talk about this. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, him getting hurt, dude, that's going to be big, dude. Nobody's really going to, you know, not a lot of people are going to talk about this. Spencer did what he did. You're, you're going to lose out on your third best score. That is going to come back to bite them because now you're probably have to move Karis LeVert into the starting lineup. Uh, and that takes away from your bench, dude. So Brooklyn just take a, took a big hit, man, um, with him tearing his ACL. Um, so I think, well, let's get into, let's get into Kings talk because, um, Man, there's there's a lot to talk about, and that's pre- pretty much why people tune into Kings Cast. So if if you're just checking us out for this for this season, you know, new listener, thanks for checking us out. We've been doing this for 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 some time now, and uh, man, it's just good. It's good. We had a good off season. I thought we had a lot of conversations. What's really cool, Ryan, is we made a lot of uh, cool relationships out there in Kingsland. So uh, one of the things that we have been doing that we suggest you guys get on is we. We partnered with our friend of the show, Casey Yost. Um, he he does Kingsland, which is our our kind of like you know you can call it a massive Kings group chat on Facebook. So it's a it's a public Facebook page, and if you want to get on there and just talk with other Kings fans, interact with us. Uh, we pull a lot of stuff on there. Check it out at at it at Kingsland. But Kingsland's been going on, Ryan. The game threads have been cool. Um, I wanted to start it off with just the the opening uh, couple games, really, and not that. I don't know, man. I'm not really into game recaps and sitting here and doing each game recap because, shit, dude, you guys can go find it on YouTube like you talked about, or you can look at the box scores or whatever. You don't need us to recap every game. But I think one of the things I want to do throughout the season is talk about some of those things we find on Kingsland, some of the opinions. And, man, isn't it crazy? Like, people are getting – 
how how up and down people get on players already isn't it just oh man this is a frustrating can i can i I, real quick do i'm gonna interrupt you real quick because you're bringing up up and down players somebody literally on kingsland dude this was earlier today somebody literally said that kyle guy needs to get more minutes over halliburton because and kyle guy should be the sixth man because of kyle guy's scoring ability that's that's where we're at in kingsland dude it's a it's a crazy place there's a lot of good takes but holy crap man a bad shot one air ball from somebody like a contested air ball at the end of the shot clock can change the landscape of kingsland dude and king's fans and people just get crazy but yeah go ahead so we're so they're so wishy-washy and stuff right and um you said you said on this is something I think we're going to revisit throughout the year. So you said on last week's preview episode about how if somebody doesn't like a player, they don't get the benefit of the doubt. It's all the negative things that they don't do. Whereas if they love a player, it's all the great things they can do, and they they don't look anything. And um, one of the things in up and down, I wanted to start off. This isn't really where I intended, but this is where the conversation is going. I think it's like Tyrese Halliburton already. So. I think it's it's something that you and I had had we we had battled back and forth with right about Tyrese Halper. Now I'll preface our before going this conversation, Ryan. Do you agree that it's it's going to take like ten games to get a gauge about anything at least right now, right? Is that a fair is that a fair assessment or is it longer? Oh, he, he, pro- probably closer to fifteen. Fifteen, probably closer to fifteen. Yeah, yeah, probably closer. But yeah, at bare minimum ten, dude. So you know, get these last three games, like cool. But we got a ways to go. So there's gonna be a lot of games. So it's really tough. I think one of the things that we've learned is we've been doing this podcast for uh, over a year now, and, and we sit here and overanalyze things at times. And you know, it's it's tough not to get too far in one direction because it's such a long season. But like Tyrese Halliburton, I would say already. He's probably making a little bit more of an impact than I initially thought. I, you know, I think that even in our preview last week, it was like, you know, it's going to take a while and the guy's going to have stretches where he's not going to perform. But um, that guy has been, he's been decent, man. And he's shoots the ball a little bit better than I thought he would. And he seems to kind of play with self-awareness, but it's crazy because we talked about the up and down. It's like you already have. I see one post today. It's already he's gonna he's got to lead the league in minutes, lead the team in minutes, and blah blah blah. And it's one of the things like I wanted to open up today, almost like a Kings Cast public service announcement to people. It's like, and I I think I replied to a guy right, and I said you know don't overvalue players so much. It's like what they did with Rashawn Holmes last year, and I feel like he's still living off that. Where it's just because a guy's playing well he's playing let him play well within that role you don't need to like then thrust him into a bigger role and and then say he needs to have this and this because that's the problem with the kings in the past is they've been so you know kings fans want to see like it was the thing with bogdanovich you know this guy's gotta do this and so i don't know halliburton though i am i am happy with it but i i don't know what's your what's your take on all that kind of crap i just spewed Uh, he's you know our thing was you know with with the whole Halliburton production thing is I didn't think that Luke Walton would play him that much I really didn't I looked at how they you know you know how they've handled Bagley and and all this stuff and I I didn't think that Luke would play him that much don't get too far ahead of yourselves yes he's a good player okay uh yes you know he he's made some you know good defensive plays and all that stuff keep in mind the NBA is a long season you know, 
keep in mind, he's playing mostly coming off the bench and playing against backups. All right. He is playing with an elite player in Darren Fox. So just pump the brakes just a minute. 20, 30 games in, we can come back to Tyrese Halliburton, and, and then we will really know what his production is going to be for his rookie season. So, I, I, you know, a lot of people, like you said, minute stuff or, you know, he's going to start over Buddy. No, he's not. No, he's not. It's not going to happen, okay? He's good in his role. He's thriving because they're putting him in a good place. You know, you don't want to go throw this guy into more minutes or in a starting lineup and, and change his role and throw him out of whack when he's playing well. Um, so ask me, ask me again, dude, 20, 20, 30 games in, we'll come back and we'll reassess Tyrese Halliburton. Um, but I think he's going to come back to the world just a little bit and people will realize, Hey, he is still a rookie. Um, you know, it's a long season rookies hit that mid season, uh, bump. So we're, we're I want to revisit that later on down the road. Yeah. And it's one of those, I'm not going to concede and into us. It was just one of those, like, I didn't think he would even make this impact early. So I'd have to acknowledge it. I was thinking about this earlier before we got on Ryan and it was, I was trying to think of last year. Like you can kind of tell what you have. You can kind of tell what you have. Like right, right now you can tell. And the reason I said is, is because last year they opened up the season against the Suns and they turned the ball over. Like you can tell what they were trying to do. It was like 28 times, dude. It was yeah, crazy. You can see what they're doing with the rotations. And I remember last year, after about a week, we came on here and we're like, ah, this doesn't look good. This is like, doesn't look good at all. And uh, one of the, so there's a couple of things already that I'm like, this is noticeably improved. And I feel like comfortable saying this. It's like, they are way more athletic all around. And that was our biggest knock last year. There's so many, so many guys like Bogdanovich. I don't think was that athletic. I, I don't think he's that athletic. I think he's a smooth uh, player. Who's it sounds dorky, but like, I should, he, you've always said he kind of plays with some type of fluidity with his game, his movement. He's in yeah. position, you know, uh, but he wasn't he like super hype. Yeah, he wasn't hyper athletic, and and the same thing with Bielisa. And a, a lot of times early on last season, they were starting, you know, starting Bielisa and and, and Bogdanovich, and and Ariza was eating minutes, and obviously the stuff with the center position, and it wasn't very athletic. But, but man, the lineup right now is super athletic, and and I think one of my reasons to bring this up is that we talked about this in our defensive buddy yield episode. And we don't have to go too heavy on Buddy Hill just yet, Ryan. But we talked about, like, defense and team defense. And we always said, and that was our thing last year, we always said that defense sometimes is just about kind of the scheme you're playing and then the athletic help you have around. I mean, man, the, the, the lineup just all around, even the backups, it just looks faster. They seem to be on ball. They well, seem to be run with pace. What do you think? Well, I think def- defense is, yes, you got to have some athletic ability. 90% of the people in the NBA are semi-athletic, dude. Like, they can get – they have enough athletic ability. I believe that defense is a majority effort. It's what it is, dude. You you know, it's effort. You want guys to come out and you want them to put that, you know, uh, that effort on the defensive end, and that's what it's been for me. It hasn't been so much, uh, you know, maybe, you know, a lot of people are, uh, you know, giving – kudos to the assistant coach and stuff which yes you know the new scheme and all this stuff is what's his name scott claimian is that his name whatever it is you know people are people are giving him a lot of credit but from what i see it's guys just having more effort you know when you see buddy Hield picking up three quarters court he wasn't doing that last year you know when when you have a guy like hassan whiteside who is legitimately rim protecting in that second unit you didn't have that last year 
You know, Rashawn Holmes, you know, he's not the greatest defender in the world, but the thing that Rashawn Holmes does well is he, he gives effort and he's continued to do that. You know, when, you know, I know Bagley's a little, he's skinny and he gets in foul trouble and stuff, but he's athletic and, and he can put in the effort. So, and then you have just Darren Fox, who honestly can be a first team all defender this year for, you know, for what it's worth. He really can. So for me, it's just been effort. You know, you have those guys out there who are willing to go out on the defensive end. They're willing to go close out on shooters. They're willing to get their rotations. They're willing to pick up three quarters court. There was a time last night where, uh, you know, they were, they were changing for man. They went to a zone. And the next thing you know, they're picking up full court. And it's like, that's what you need. It's the effort. It's the, you know, um, having the guys in the right place. So that's the biggest thing for me defensively. It's just been a lot of effort so far as what I've seen. But it helps. It like say it helps that there's this these athletic players that go. That, it does. That go, that go it it does. Game. It does. It does help. It does help. But ultimately, you can have the most athletic player in the league, and if they're not going to put the effort out there, they're not going to put the effort out there. It's that's just th- plain, plain and simple. That's where I think the on Buddy Hill is a good example. And people knocked us when we came out and defended him, and we're like, I think this guy is, you know, gym rat. I, we think he's hyper athletic. Now he's not a leaper. He's not like fucking uh, tomahawk dunking over fools. Well, buddy, but, buddy strong. That, that's that's where people people miss out. If you see Buddy Hield in person, he's a big dude. He's not, you know, he's not like Darren Fox is a skinny guy. He's long. He's fast. He's skinny. He's slender. Buddy Hield, honestly, he's bigger than Rashawn Holmes. You know, he's bigger than our big men, dude. He's the biggest. When you looked at him shoulders-wise, legs, he's a big-ass dude. So, for him, you know, he should be able to play good defense, and it's about the effort. And I've been seeing all over Kingsland guys are like, well, I was hating on Buddy. He's playing D this year. You know you know what it is? Is Buddy's just interested this year. Buddy's not pissed off no more that you were putting a guy who was less talented in front of him. You know, Buddy's out there trying to win. Buddy realizes, hey, there's talent around here. I'm going to go out and be a, a good defender. That's all this is, dude. Seriously, the first three games, strictly effort. One, one of the two, the two players I want to talk about, which I think is, gonna, is kind of the polarizing conversation right now in Kingsland is, is what's going on with the center position. So let's have that conversation because we were very much advocates about upgrading the center position going into this year. And we were very happy to see them get white side. Um, but but in our preview, we were we kind of broke it down, right? And I think that what you're seeing right now with Whiteside, you're obviously you use the example when he doesn't when someone they don't like someone. Example Whiteside, they talk about all the things he doesn't do. When they love someone, Holmes, they talk about all the things he does do, and they don't you know they don't look at the opposite side, if you will. And so I wanted to have this conversation because I haven't really talked to you about this at all this week. Um, and, you know, and I think that Whiteside, I, I, I'll start off by this. I don't really care who starts because we always said it's going to come down to, to matchups with those guys, right? Like Holmes seems to have, you know, his home seems to be better at getting out to the perimeter, right. And, and playing on ball to a guy, but his low post defense to me still is not, it's not, it's not that great. He, he gets bodied down there. Deandre Eaton was, was getting shots up with ease over him. Jokic was going to get shots with ease over him. And I really like having Whiteside out there because if you look at Whiteside, man, the guy just challenges, he challenges the rim. He forces yeah, guys to put to, yeah, he for, forces guys to pull up earlier. Um, he gets those blocks, but people get frustrated with him because he doesn't chase guys out to the perimeter. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's not what the guy does, you know, but um, he can, he hit a mid range shot yesterday. You know, he's, yeah. he scores around the rim. 
Um, they're like, oh, he's lazy, he's flat foot. I just think that there's certain expectation you have to put on the guy. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy with him. Uh, and, and right now, it seems to be what they're doing is purely a matchup thing. There was a time where they subbed him in yesterday. They played him for a minute, subbed him out, and then because the matchup that there wasn't there, and they put him back in. And it seems what they're doing with him. And, and one of the, I, I'm not surprised at this because I kind of, I think I might have said this is that one of the things they're using him for is to help that second unit. They put him in with that second unit to, to not allow teams to go on runs against him. That was a big problem with the Kings last year is that when you get the starters off the court for any amount of time, teams just go on huge runs. And when you have a guy that's super defensive in the center line, position like that, it's really helped them. But I like what they're doing, and I'm okay with it. Like I know that we have been kind of branded lately as Holmes haters and I think we're just homes real estate. Honestly, I'm not attached to one guy needing to start. And I see a lot of those conversations that I don't need to start. It's not that it's just, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm really happy with it. Well, you know, and when initially we said that, you know, you had brought this up initially, we said, Hey, we need to upgrade the center position. People took that as, Hey, Holmes just needs to not play. Okay. People, you know, people look at, you know, bringing in, Whiteside as a shot at Rashawn Holmes. And it's like, we've talked about this before. What is so wrong with getting somebody who is very good at something that we really suck at? That's what, uh, essentially, that's what Hassan Whiteside was brought in to do. He was brought in to what? Rebound, offensive rebound, and block shots. That's it. You know, I saw I saw some somebody on Twitter. It was somebody in the media. I'm trying to, I, I'll, I'll remember. I'll have to look it up or whatever. But somebody said, you know, I'm really, you know, not happy with, you know, the way that Rashawn Holmes, like you said, isn't getting out on shooters and, you know, he's not shooting free throws very well. Well, you know what? We didn't bring, Rash- or sorry, I said Rashawn Holmes. We didn't bring this on Whiteside in to shoot fucking free throws. I don't get out to the perfect. It's a free throw all season. Yeah. I, we didn't bring Hassan Whiteside in to get out and, you know, hedge a screen and get out on Steph Curry at 32 feet away from the basket. That's not what he was brought in for. You know, I could care less if the guy shoots 10% from the free throw line. Who gives a shit? Okay. The guy was there. He is there to rim protect. He is there to help the second unit, like you said, uh, you know, not give up offensive rebounds and allow teams to go on runs when the starters aren't in. That's what Hassan Whiteside's there for. He's in there for depth. He's in there to cover all of Sacramento's deficiencies that they've had over the last freaking 15 years. Um, so it's a great addition, dude. It's great. People, you know, stop nitpicking Hassan Whiteside at what he doesn't do great. Look at what he's done positively because all I've been seeing on Kingsland as well is, hey, Sacramento is, you know, top whatever in rebounding. Sacramento's top, you know, whatever in blocks. You know, you don't think that has anything to do with Hassan Whiteside? You know, you, you don't think that has, any, you know, you don't think those two things correlate together? So, you know, look at his positives. Positivity is what I want to see with Hassan Whiteside, you know. Don't worry about his deficiencies so much. I, and, and, and honestly, his minutes have been really low. I mean, I'm looking at the box for eight, like 18 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes each other night. I, I haven't seen, one thing I do want to see is I have not seen him and Bagley play together at all. Yeah, and that's I've been kind of waiting to to see that. Um, so I haven't seen that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think that a lot of you, we talked about ten games, fifteen games, and and really, I want to see the Kings stay afloat. I I went through the roster, you know, or no, I'm sorry, I went through the schedule up till ten games. I really realistically think the Kings can be five and five at that time, and I think that's that's okay. I think that really right now, ten to fifteen games, don't fall behind. 
win some games, play hard, like they did against the Nuggets. You know, that was a really impressive way to come out and start the season and beat a team like that. If you can beat a, a higher-tier team every couple games, that's great. But I think right now figuring out these rotations and this continuity within the lineup is the big thing, you know, that you can see. And see, pay. I'm trying to pay attention to what they're doing with certain uh, – matchups and rotations they're they're doing some interesting stuff i've there's been a couple times where they've had um halliburton fox and uh, Corey joseph on the court together there's been weird stuff and, and you really what that white side kind of allows you to do that and that's what I'm, that's kind of what i'm saying is and is that versatility of lineups is probably something that i'm going to talk about all year is probably the biggest key to success that i don't hear a lot of people talking about and it's because you have weird like you said guys that do things that they they don't do Rashawn holmes though you know, he had a good good game yesterday again, but, you know, the Kings lost. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It's So, I, I don't know. I still think Rashawn Holmes is is one of those things where I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I, th- I would like to see a little bit minutes go their way, but I'm going to be patient with it. Um, probably the biggest well, let thing. Me, that, let, me, let, me chime in, let me chime in on that real quick. Rashawn Holmes is Rashawn Holmes. He, what you're seeing right now is what you're going to get from Rashawn Holmes. You know, uh, you know he's not magically – what is this? Right now, he's averaging 8.3, 9.7. That's even a little better than I thought he was going to do. Rashawn Holmes isn't magically just going to jump to 15 points and 11 rebounds. It's not, what, it's not what's going to happen. What you're seeing from him right now is what you're going to get for the rest of the season. Um, what, I think probably the biggest thing that everybody's super happy about, we're happy about, is, is Marvin Bagley. Man, I want to talk about Marvin Bagley a little bit in the first couple games because that guy is just so... Um, just he looks hyper athletic. There's tons of times where the guys he's taking the ball down the court. He's driven the ball down the court. Um, I think so, he's he forces some things and gets a little too crazy. Yes. But I'm what I, whatever. I don't give a shit about that at this point. He needs to figure out where his game is. But man, the guy, the way the guy moves at his size, it's just been isn't it been great? All right. So Marvin Bagley, dude. A lot of people that I've been seeing. Oh, you know he he's not shooting a very high percentage. He hasn't really a has zero assists pretty much. He has no playmaking abilities, whatever. What Marvin Bagley has done well this far is he's ran, right? He's gotten people in foul trouble. Okay, he's been at the free throw line. People are knocking his free throw shooting, but it's like, hey, at least he's at the line and getting those other bigs in foul trouble. That first game against the against the Suns, DeAndre Ayton had five fouls. You know, it wasn't like, De- you know, he was getting these guys in foul trouble. And he he's just a... Like you said, just an athletic guy who's out there grabbing rebounds. And that's been the biggest thing for me. You know, give patience for Marvin Bagley. You know, let him get his legs under him. Let him play. Like, you know, he hasn't – what has he played? 70 games in the last two years. You know, he's 70 NBA games under his belt. Give the guy some time. But I've been very, very happy with him getting the ball down on the post and going straight to the hoop, man. He's been aggressive, and that's what you want to see. You don't want to see the guy shy away. He's a scorer. In his head, he's like, I'm, I'm going to go out there and get my buckets. And it showed, man. I'm, I'm super happy. Super happy. Super aggressive on the rebounding, too. I mean, he just stays getting double-doubles, which is what we predicted in, in our season. We, we figured if the, if the guy gets the minutes, he's going to get a double-double. That's kind of what he is, you know, and he's going to get he's going to average that. Um, well, you know, without going into breaking down the, all the roster, obviously Fox is playing at super high level. The big block, on the, you know, on the on – the, the game the other day that pretty much was the the X factor, you know, I, there's been a overall excitement with the team and, and it's like, we're not going to get too up. But like I said, you can judge a little bit what you have. Um, and I think what they have is better than last year. That's probably the biggest thing that I, I would say right now. Um, 
comparing the first two games, Ryan, which were dubs versus the game last night, which they took to L and they really fucking shit themselves in the second half. Uh, the two comparisons, you know, I think that one thing you're seeing is that when the Kings are enter- have, you know, seem like maybe full energy and they're they're going, f- everyone's fully running. They ha- there's a certain grit to them this year. It seems like, uh, especially Darren Fox. Darren Fox seems to have like a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, probably all the bullshit talk he's getting. But they seem kind of chippy. They seem very aggressive. Um, I really like that. I think yesterday was a, was just a case of them maybe getting burnt out, which I think it's going to happen. I, I think that's tough, man. When you're not, you don't have a super deep rotation. You know, do you think it's what do you think? Where do you think the Kings are? You think they're more the first ga- two games? You think they're more towards the second? The, the, they're the they're somewhere. They're somewhere in between. All right, they're they're somewhere in between. It's you know, it was very obvious that Darren Fox was just he was just tired, right? He played such a great game that second game against Phoenix. He played such great defense. It came out last night and, you know, he was a little bit of aggressive, but you got to give it to Chris Paul. He's a hall of famer, right? What'd he do? He got Darren Fox in foul trouble. You know, when, when you have five fouls, dude, it's, it's hard. Okay. When you, when, you know, when he has five fouls, especially the way the third quarter ended, man, because of foul trouble, it was the team just looked tired. It's, you know, and it's really hard to beat a team on back-to-back nights. It's hard to beat a team twice. All right. Um, yeah, Sacramento, for me, they fall somewhere in between how they were the first two games and how they played last night. Last night was very sloppy, um, and I, I think they'll pick that up. An interesting thing that I was seeing today is, you know, Sacramento hasn't shot very many threes. I think that starts to pick up a little bit. I, I really do think that that starts that, that number is going to tick up and that's going to help, but they have not shot very many threes at all this season. Okay, so I wanted to, I wanted to ask you that – uh, if there's anything right now, because everyone's obviously optimistic, just happy to see Kings basketball again. But if there's a, what do you see currently on the roster like becoming an issue over the next like month? What what where are the holes you think right now? Lack of lack of bench scoring. That's lack of bench kinda, scoring one hundred and ten percent. That's something we talked about going into the season, right? And I think people, you know, the people who would, uh, you know, I always say like the kids, the kids say would like to clap back at us on this would say, well, that's why, that's what bogey, that's why you should have resigned bogey. <laughs> okay, whatever. You know, but that they are, they are missing that bench score. Um, I think that Corey Joseph, like in the, in the first, <laughs> in the wins, he was shooting the ball. Corey Joseph was shooting the ball a lot better in the first couple of games than he, he was last year. Um, but I, I don't think I can count on Corey Joseph. Where's the, where's the bench scoring going to come from, man? There's nobody on the roster right now that it can come from. There's nobody, you know, and that's going to be a huge problem for Sacramento. You know, it's all fine and dandy when Corey Joseph is playing out of his mind. You know, you got to think the guy's been in the NBA 10 years. Uh, you know, he's never averaged 15 points a game, you know, like he did. It's really first. low. Yeah, it's like six, seven, yeah. and eight. It's like, like well, exactly. No, I know, but that's that's what I'm saying. First game of the season, he had 15 points, dude, and everybody was like, oh, Corey Joseph played well. This is – okay. You don't have a scorer. You don't have that score off the bench. This is why I have been saying since, you know, going back to when the bud, when Bogey was let let go to walk and all that stuff, they didn't match the offer sheet, is I've been saying, hey, you need to go get a bench score. You need to go get a bench score. You need to go get a bench score. And now you're looking at it, and what happened last night, you had nobody off the bench who scored, right? So if Halliburton doesn't play out of his mind, 
if Corey Joseph doesn't play out of his mind and Nemanja is not really getting that many minutes, who's going to score? There's nobody. You got to go get somebody. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I'll throw out a name for you. No, I'm not allowed to throw names out. Okay, okay. So a, a, a name that I'll throw out there is I think, I think Sacramento needs to go get Isaiah Thomas. I've been saying a lot of people are going to hate it, but you need somebody to come off the bench and who can just get buckets. There you go. I don't even know if he's healthy. That's why I'm like, I don't know. You should say Yeah, He's healthy, I, dude. I think over the next couple of weeks, like as the season goes on, if our theory here proves to be true, we'll start giving out predictions. Well, and It's, and it's I, going to. It's going to be true. It's a 110%, dude. It was obvious last night. Look what happened. The team got in foul trouble, right? Darren Fox had five fouls, but he wasn't shooting well. Harrison Barnes, you know, went back to the Harrison Barnes of last year, and there was nobody to put the ball in the hoop. You need somebody to put the ball in the hoop. And you don't that have true. that on the roster. That is you true. The Harrison, the Harrison Barnes of last year, 10 points. That, that's the biggest question mark, I think, with the entire team. I think they're starting, their starting lineup is really good, I think. I think it's a really good starting lineup. I really think they're top probably six or seven is pretty is is solid man i really like it that's why with these rotations uh, i think i heard something on the broadcast they said you know their plan was to always have fox or buddy healed on the court at some point ne- never both of them off but it's really tough if you're going to rely on on Corey joseph Halliburton, glenn robinson and bielisa to do your scoring i it's going to be very difficult on nights like you this. Have, you, yes, you have big problems right there. Yeah, big when you problems. want to reach in, when you want to reach into the bag and and go, um, yeah, you know, go for. It. That's why I think that their strategy, like I talked about early on in our conversation, was that's why Whiteside I think is on the second unit. You have Whiteside and Corey Joseph, who are two good defenders, and Halliburton is serviceable. Robinson's athletic, and seems like Bealise is going to be like the open shooter. Like that lineup is going to be more. When those guys are in, and if they're all in at the same time, it's going to be more to protect them from not allowing runs on them and less about trying to put points up. But I think it's going to be a huge deficiency, and it is my prediction over the next couple of weeks as we start talking. I think it's something we're going to have to start pointing out to everybody. But I think it's fixable because I don't think, like you said, I don't think it's a crazy thing. It's just like a, get a third guard and get a third guard, you know, you know, outside, you know outside of Joseph. You know who does this well, okay? I'm not a big fan of the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are very good. I think their roster is kind of bad outside of Luka. But the one thing that Dallas has done well, and they brought him in last year, was they got Trey Burke, okay? Trey Burke, don't play that many minutes, but Trey Burke can score the basketball. And Trey Burke comes in, and he plays, you know, limited minutes, but he scores the basket, scores the basketball when he's in there. So it's something like that. It's not a hard fix. Like you said, it's not, it's not, you you have to go make a trade, a big time, this, the big time, that it's just finding somebody, you know, who can score when they do get their limited minutes, who can knock down an open three. That's essentially what it comes down to. Who's who can create their own shot and knock down the open three. That's it. It's what a lot of the good teams have. And that's why, like, I look at the Utah jazz, the Utah jazz are a team that, you know, when you talk about the, the Kings, I like to look at the Utah Jazz. It's like you talk about what you would consider a small market. The lineup's kind of interesting in that it's, you know, you have this star young guard and a bunch of players around him and stuff. And, you know, that's one thing. They, they go out and get Jordan Clarkson. I just pulled up Jordan Clarkson because he's a guy, a bench yep. guy, who's not yep. big time but came off my brain. Dude, 23 points just the other yep. day. And, and again, yep. I know people people are going to yell at us and say, well, that's why bogey, that's why bogey. And that was my thing with – 
I get we always said bogey cool, but like you can't overpay for a guy. And we're you not saying you can't pay seventy two million for a guy who's gonna average thirteen, fourteen a game. Yeah, so so it's not like you need to go out there and overpay. It's it's a quick fix, it's an easy fix, it's it's nothing major, but just having one or two of those guys is something. So anyway, that's my big kind of negative takeaway. Besides that, can't get too up, can't get too down. There's it's three fucking games. So we're gonna need to talk to us in a month. We'll see what happens. Um, last conversation here, Ryan, doesn't have to be too long, but man, John Morant got hurt tonight. Um, Porzingis still isn't playing. Um, there's a there's there's injuries, there's a, a lot of teams looking kind of funky. The Golden State Warriors don't look that good. Talking about like our post having like a post Kings cast preview conversation right now, we talked about that that tier that the Kings are in. I think that that team that tier just got a little bit bigger. I think that a couple more teams got included. You know, I mean, really, right now it's it's just more of an example, I guess. Why I wanted to bring this up to you is why we gave Golden State the benefit of the doubt, and again, it's only been three games. Give them a, a month, but you know, Golden State could be thrown in the same as the Kings tier. A couple injuries to another team. It's it's part of the reason yeah, we were it, just such advocates of playing of of just playing uh, basketball. I mean, clearly the Kings uh, right now. If you took the Kings and the and the Suns in a seven game series, that's a tight race, and a lot of people penciled the Suns in over the Kings. We just saw we just saw two games, and we and you know the Kings are at that level, so it's not nothing, nothing like that major. I just wanted to plug that right now as as we're going into it, so people will start thinking about the ones that were just you know no chance. Just think about that because yeah, uh, as we said. Yeah, yeah, you you know you you brought up Memphis. Memphis, you know they saying that John John Morant sprained his ankle, or whatever. If John Morant misses ten games, Memphis is in trouble. Memphis is in big big trouble. That bench is not very good. That team is not very deep. You know, Jaron Jackson's already not playing. Okay, you you have your two best players that aren't on the court. If you know, in a seventy-two game season, John Morant misses ten games, you're fucked. That's well, just that's what it's. It, it, that's what it is, dude. And that's why it's good on you for saying that. That you said, you know, that bubble just got a little bit bigger. Right, well, the Warriors have come out and shown that hey, they're not very good. Okay, they're they're a lot. They're not as good as everybody thought, and including me, I thought that they'd be a little bit better. Okay, Dallas. Right, everybody wants to point to Dallas. Oh, they they beat the Clippers by fifty. Yeah, who gives a shit? It's one game. Who cares? Kawhi didn't play. It was one game. Nobody cares. Okay, Dallas isn't very deep. If Porzingis misses 35, 40 games, can Luca keep that team above water um, long enough? And I, I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Minnesota, whatever, um, you know, whatever teams are out there. New Orleans, New Orleans is a good team. New Orleans is that one team that is in the tier with Sacramento, but I think will separate themselves, separate themselves as time goes on. They're that one team right there. So uh, Eric's giving me the thumbs up, so I, I got to stop my rant. <laughs> oh, I just, it's one of those things that we, we can talk about in the next couple yeah, of weeks. We, yeah. so. I got you. I got you. I get uh, carried but- away, guys. No, nah, it's 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 good, and it, it's it's been a conversation. I, I, it's just it's things I like to plant to people listening to us. Think about when when we come on here. It's just our evaluation. Plant to see when you go watch the game. You know, like just just keep an eye out and and think about these things, and and then come back and revisit it with us next week and see what's going on. So, um, hey guys, we appreciate you listening. If you uh, ever want to interact or be a part of the show, as always, you can you can do so by tagging us. Um, you can find me and Ryan on Twitter and Insta, or Twitter and Facebook. There we go at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. Uh, like we mentioned, we're active on a number of Facebook groups and including ours, which is Kingsland. That's a public group. If you're not on there, check it out. We have the number one game threads on Facebook. So check it out there. We're also on Instagram. We post cool memes, um, you know, and pretty much 
everything is on all social medias at Kingscast. So um, with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you.